Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Time. I'm Bishop Michael McGovern here with our podcast from the Diocese of Belleville. Very glad to be back with you, our listeners. And today, our special guest is Deacon Thomas Lugie. Some of you listening may be familiar with Deacon Thomas. He is a, a deacon, transitional deacon, preparing for the priesthood here in the Diocese of Belleville. So Deacon Thomas, welcome. Yeah, gladly. Good to be here with you. And uh, as we start Holy Week, first question I want to ask today is Deacon Thomas, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your vocation story. So I grew up with a Catholic family. Parents were very Catholic, very faithful. So grew up learning the faith, going to mass and definitely learning how important the faith ought to be in my life and learning how to make that a priority. Catholic grade school, public high school. So Definitely kind of a, a variety growing up between the people that I was around and all of the different situations that I was in. I'd say fairly average, but with that great influence from my family. So that was a huge blessing. The first time you could say that the priesthood entered my mind was probably in third grade when a music teacher just kind of out of nowhere said, Thomas, you know, I think you'd make a good priest. And it just kind of struck me like, huh, like that's a compliment. Like I'll take that as a, as a compliment. I like the priests that are around me. So, mm -hmm. but it wasn't super serious at that time, but it just kind of stuck in the back of my head as I got older. As I went through grade school, definitely keeping the faith a priority. As I went through high school, I started to think about it a little bit more seriously, but it wasn't really until junior year in high school that I started discerning with any amount of seriousness. And where were you in high school? Yeah, I went to Belleville West high okay. school so better than east okay well, well apologies to our east, uh, alumni out there well well then uh, so you began collecting more on the possibility of the priesthood and then tell us what happened next yeah so it was a lot of i guess you could call it just hesitation so uh, there was definitely the desire for family life to be a husband to be a father there was a lot of desires to do different types of careers and it was just a lot of things up in my head and everybody's asking the question what do you where are you going to school what do you want to do and it was a very stressful time for me and it shouldn't have been as stressful as it was but it it was. So I remember being like the stereotypical like poster for discernment, like walking around at night, walking the dogs outside and looking up at the stars and just arms out, God, what do you want me to do? And just asking every night for a sign, but no sign was given. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was after junior year, it was during a retreat that I just kind of had this moment when a priest had given his vocation story and just kind of accepted, God, I think you're calling me to be a priest. And when I said those words in my heart, in my head, there was just this great wave of joy and peace that came over me and was a huge consolation. So I decided to start looking into seminary. I thought about going to Kendrick Seminary in St. Louis, Kendrick Glennon for College Seminary, but I ended up going to Franciscan University in Steubenville, actually. They have something called the Priestly Discernment Program that tries to be like college seminary. So I went out there and uh, I started in 2014, graduated in 2018, and then started in major seminary or theology at Kenrick Seminary. Tell, tell our, 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 our listeners, you know, seminary is the name of a special school that one goes to to prepare to be a priest, or there's also Protestant seminaries for people preparing for ministry. What, what happens in seminary? What do you do all day in a seminary? <laughs> That's a great question. I think a lot of times people think like, you just read the Bible all day, right? <laughs> Practice saying mass. And that's true. A lot of our time is taken up in prayer. So a normal day looks like waking up and doing a 6 a.m. holy hour. It's this time of adoration. You go into the chapel in front of the Blessed Sacrament and you just talk to Jesus for an hour. 
So you have that in the morning, you have the liturgy, the hours that you're praying, that all the clergy pray and make a promise to pray. And the liturgy of hours would consist of psalms and what else? Exactly. It's psalms, it's reading from the Bible, it's these gospel canticles that you pray or sing together. So so from Zechariah in exactly. Gospel of Luke and Mary in the Gospel of Luke. Okay, good. Exactly. And what else would you study? I mean, do you study uh, things like psychology, homiletics, how to preach, uh, Old Testament, New Testament? Tell us about that. All of the above, yeah. So you get pastoral counseling, all these different types of counseling classes. You have, and I'm no expert in counseling, just throw that out there, but we are given some basics. Uh -huh. um, given different scripture classes, Old Testament, New Testament, Paul. Uh -huh. Given... Uh, different types of classes on the sacraments, on studying Christ and who he is and the right, church. And right, the church. right. In addition to classroom work, there's formation, which is a big part of seminary years. You have at the faculty there at Henry Clinton, there are some faculty who teach things like scripture, but there's also people who are formation faculty. What does that mean, formation? Yeah, yeah when we're looking at seminary formation and how to be a priest, uh, there's kind of four different areas or dimensions that you look at. So you have the intellectual dimension we talked about a little bit with classes. You have the spiritual dimension where you're praying and you're working with someone called a spiritual director that you meet with regularly mm -hmm. and they try to help find where God is speaking in your life. But you also have something called the human dimension, which is basically just how am I growing into the likeness of Christ? How am I growing to be a better man? Mm -hmm. How am I growing in the virtues? And that is just incredible. It's this huge sort of foundation that you need for everything else you that learn and you learn for everything God is doing in your life. So that's the human dimension. Mm -hmm. And then finally, it's called the pastoral dimension and how am I growing similar to Christ the Good Shepherd, right? Mm -hmm. How am I growing in generosity and learning how to give myself in a more complete way? Right, it's important that a candidate for Holy Order, especially for a diocesan seminarian, that he have a shepherd's heart. You know, if you, if you don't really enjoy working with people <laughs> or you don't have a sense of uh, being sent by the Lord to reach out to people, that could be a, a very difficult. I know if somebody had... Uh, you know, certain things that they were good at or that they wanted to do with their lives as a priest, they might want to look more for a religious order that has a charism that fits more with some of their natural inclinations. But I think to be a parish priest, a diocesan priest, most diocesan priests are parish priests, um, it is important to have that shepherds especially reach out to the people who live in our neighborhoods and our parishes, our families, especially I, I would hope, you know, be able to help people discover how the Lord's at work in their daily lives. Tell us about with Kenrick, I know how many men are studying there for the priesthood? Oh, I believe there's usually around 120 men. Okay, and they're from where? What yeah, part? Yeah, so that's, it's college age up until okay. uh, right before ordination from all around the Midwest. So you get up north, up to North Dakota, the Bismarck Diocese, mm -hmm. some diocese from Texas, Indiana, Missouri, all over. So. And, of course, our Belleville Diocese. Of course, yes. <laughs> well, well, I think it is uh, helpful, you know, when you're a young man thinking about doing something that could be very countercultural, you know, to, to live a celibate life, to forego marriage and a family, to live a very simple life of, of service as a priest. You know, it's good to have your peers there that you're supporting each other. Good to see other people are rowing in the same direction, so to speak. So I think that's a wonderful thing about seminary life, and Kenrick Lennon does a great job preparing candidates for the priesthood for wherever they might serve in the Midwest, in the South, in places like Texas, as you say. Let me, let me ask uh, Deacon Thomas, you know, you're going to be ordained to the priesthood on June the 4th. I, as the first time as a Catholic bishop, I will ordain candidate for the priesthood, and that will be you. Uh, very excited about that, looking forward to that. 
How are you preparing for ordination? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Definitely the, the biggest thing would have to be prayer. So mm-hmm. just growing in trust and confidence in God for one. I know that I still have a lot to learn and that I'm going to make many mistakes. But just growing in that trust that, you know what, God is with me and God is working through me and he can work through my mistakes probably even better than my, what is success in my eyes. So Mm -hmm. just growing in that trust and confidence that I don't have to have it all together or have all the right answers or be mistake-free by the time I'm ordained. Yeah, there there was a famous article years ago, California, Jesuit who gave a great talk about how often we look at people like if you've got a steady hand and a fine mind, you'd make a great surgeon. Or if you're good with numbers and you like doing math, you might make a great accountant. That sometimes we look at people and we look at their strengths and say, oh, you'd be good at this. But with the priesthood, I think it's not just a question of a person's strengths, but also their openness. You know, there's almost a vulnerability, we could say, that you're open to the Lord and open to the Lord, guiding you, sending you. And we realize sometimes, you know, in the priesthood, you know, none of us bats a thousand. You know, we're all going to have our, our setbacks and days that we don't quite do as well as we'd like to as a priest in terms of serving our people. But how God can work through our efforts, even sometimes our efforts where we think I didn't do very much today in terms of trying to help a family or help a person, but the Lord's going to be there. And very often as a priest, you really have the experience of, you know, it's the Holy Spirit speaking today, not me. Uh, I couldn't have come up with what was said. It was the Spirit influencing me. So gr- glad that you're preparing through prayer, especially for ordination to the priest of June 4th. How do you imagine your life will be different, Thomas, beginning with June 4th, beginning with being ordained a Catholic priest of Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's a great question. At this point in my life, a lot of my time is spent with seminarians at the seminary, is spent doing studies and things like that. When I'm ordained, I know that on one hand, I'm going to lose a lot of those supports that are built into seminary life, a lot of the structure, a lot of the the fraternity that just comes so easily at seminary with so many great men around. Mm. So I know that after ordination, it's going to be a change and that I need to be more intentional. It's almost like the training wheels are coming off, right? So right. I have to be intentional with the friendship, with the, the prayer and the study on my own. But at the same time, I'm super excited to finally get started with priestly ministry, Good. to be able to celebrate the sacraments of the Eucharist and confession, to be have a more stable presence in parishioners' lives and be able to really get to know people and to be present in their joys as well as their sufferings and sorrows and mm-hmm. just be attempt to be Christ to them and just let Christ work through me. Right. No, that's very well said. And I, and I could say that, uh, you know, seminary can be wonderful time in, in your life and being with your peers. And uh, But there is a good and healthy point at which you say, I'm ready to move on now. I mean, seminary is not meant to be permanent. You know, the uh, call is to be a priest. Seminary helps get you ready for that. You prepare for that. I will say, though, that I think two things that would be very helpful is as you move into priesthood, you know, to continue the practice of spiritual direction, I think uh, we always are in need of that person we can speak with honestly and openly every month. And I think that's important. And then also, you know, even though you won't see as much of your classmates or friends, do make plans to get together with your peers. You know, even if it's once a month you get together for a meal or something, that's a very important and healthy thing to do. Because that's, that's a big change going from the support of 120 young men in the seminary to then going out to your, your parish. So Absolutely. so some advice there for you. Now, just today as we're, we have a, a, a good audience here for our podcast. In fact, we seem to be having a lot of young people tuning in to real time. So let me just ask this, Deacon Thomas, do you have any special words for our listeners, especially for young people who are 
perhaps reflecting on their lives and life's direction. What advice or what would you like to share with those folks today? Yeah, similar to my own life, the most important thing will just to, to stay close to our Lord in prayer, right? So we know that God speaks in the quiet. He doesn't speak in the storm and the earthquakes. He speaks in that those times of silence. So just to have that time each day to kind of take a moment of silence, take even five minutes just to sit and reflect and remember that you're in our Lord's presence and that he has a plan for you and whether you see it or not at that moment, he is giving you the grace and the strength and that light to discern it. So just prayer and silence, um, stay close to the sacraments, being in a state of grace and receiving confession regularly is one of the most important things for removing any obstacles to our Lord's voice. Mm -hmm. And just that continual strength in the Eucharist, that that's God's presence and that's where he's going to be with us. Yeah, and then finally, just to have that trust and confidence that, yeah, he is with me and he has that plan and he'll reveal it in his own time. Absolutely. I mean, the Lord's very generous that way. And I think, as you said, being a steady, regular person of prayer is going to help uh, tremendously. And might I just ask as we, we conclude today, Deacon Thomas, like what's something that you think will give you joy in, in being a priest? Like I mentioned before, being present in people's lives is going to be huge. And just being able, especially that presence in the sacrament where that is where Christ is working most clearly through me. And just to know that this is the where I get to exercise that spiritual fatherhood that God is calling me to. And that this is what I was made for, is to be giving myself in this way. So. Right. The reason I was born, the reason I came into the world, as our Lord said. And let me just say, you know, Deacon Thomas, when people ask me what gives me hope, as I look forward to, for the first time, ordaining a man to the priesthood, as I will ordain you, priest, on June 4th, this gives me hope, that, that ordaining you, to know that the faith will continue, to know that the, the sacraments will be celebrated with devotion, with great love, to know that you have such joy in your heart and deep relationship with Jesus that you want to share with people, you know, that that gives me hope. And so for our listeners today, I, I, I want to say, you know, we're grateful to God and to you for your vocation. We're praying for you that the Lord fill you with the Holy Spirit on June 4th in a way that you live out of your ordination, the graces for the rest of your life and always serve the Lord joyfully. And that's my, my final word today for our show and for you. Always, always be a joyful priest. So it'd be wonderful to have Father Thomas Lugie here in the Diocese of Belleville beginning June 4th. So great to be with you, Deacon Thomas. Looking forward to your ordination. For our listeners, we hope that you have a blessed Easter and Easter season and continue to pray for Deacon Thomas Lugie and for an increase in vocations to the priesthood of religious life. If you're interested in learning more about uh, vocations, Father Joel Sipe is the vocation director for the Diocese of Belleville and he can be reached by contacting our diocese Father Joel Sipe. He's currently the pastor of St. Andrew in Murfreesboro. So again, thanks to all our listeners. Thank you to Brianna for producing today. And we look forward to our next podcast. Spread the word. Let other people know that we have these real-time podcasts with Bishop McGovern. And I'm looking forward to speaking with you again very, very soon. Thank you. God bless you all. And have a blessed Easter and an Easter season.